Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Worst of the Riot podcast. It's still us. We're still really here. It is, but it's a shorter <laughs> podcast uh, mm-hmm. just for the next few days while we do our fall fundraiser for Radio U, which were the riot on Radio U. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to have Radio U before we have the riot. <laughs> I wonder how many people listen to the podcast only and don't listen to Radio U itself at all. I think there's quite a few I that yeah, don't so. even know that yeah. we do a morning show on Radio U. There's more of the riot than you just get here. And there's also music that goes with us, too. Yeah, we even yeah. have music. <laughs> but there's no way you're getting music on this podcast because nope, that's no. uh, not possible. No, nope, but there's a whole new world of uh, riot stuff and Radio U stuff. If yeah. you just go check it so out So consider sometime. giving if you go to RadioU.com and then put that you're a podcast listener in the comments section. We hear from quite a few of you guys who donate, uh, whether a one-time gift or if you help out monthly to cover some of the costs of the podcast. So think about giving. That'll just be the next few days. Yep. And uh, then we'll be back to or our normal podcast. To put it yeah. in, if you're a podcast listener in uh, maybe more familiar terms, support our Patreon by going to RadioU.com. <laughs> Uh, or go buy a mattress and use code Riot to let them know we sent you. No, just that go. That is normally it. how podcasts do get their yep. funding. Yeah, we're mattress free here. <laughs> so, what's in the podcast today, Isaiah? So today in the podcast, we talked about multiple things. One of the things we talked about was how if you're gonna put out pumpkins. You better have an eye out for some creepy creatures that yeah. be crawling around. So, has anybody was, here ever had a rat at their place? I'm not full on rats. Never a rat, no, like wait. a mouse. Yes. Okay. What's full on rat mean? Like a rat's well, like a rat, big, big yeah, thing. Rats that's like a like big thing. Twice the size of a mouse. So you have or had not? Because you're like, no, mice. not a full no, on no, rat. No, no, I had mice. <laughs> like a happy rat. You know, yeah. like it, was, yeah. it wasn't a big some one. It was pe- a little rat. Some people would lump mice and rats together. I've In only had mice. Okay. Like little field mouses and yeah, whatnot. Right. Field mice. Gosh, yeah, right. Yeah, I've had those too. A lot easier to deal with. I got this fly in my place. It's killing me. I can't get the thing. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a rat. Imagine a rat. This fly is freaking me out during the day. Oh, wow. I can't imagine more. They say that you're not supposed to put out jack-o'-lanterns because they could attract rats, but I just had this idea. What if you put a rat trap inside your jack-o'-lantern? Do you think that's mean, though? Because, like, what if, uh, like, say it was trick-or-treat or if you put, like, rat poison? Because then a little kid <laughs> came by to the pumpkin. a hazard. That is a hazard, Or, like, for sure. look, I'm licking the pumpkin, and then something <laughs> happened bad. I just would be too or afraid. Or if, if, if you did catch a rat in there, too, that would be so disgusting. If you had oh. a dead rat in your pumpkin, like, that ruins. And the pumpkin's already slowly rotting yeah. anyway. That ruins Halloween. <laughs> like, for your child to, like, carve the pumpkin, they come out, and they're like, there's a dead rat in my pumpkin. Rat. You could just carve your pumpkin like a cat, and then that way maybe the rats yeah. are scared. scared away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good point. We talked about that. We also talked about some new DiGiorno. They're coming out with a new flavor of pizza mm-hmm. that I would try. Only if it was Tombstone. 
Well, if it was tombstone, it'd be even better. What's your pizza <laughs> cap like, money wise? What do you mean, money like frozen like pizza? Frozen pizza, because I know you said like you like tombstone pizzas. Yes. And Hudson makes fun of you because that's like the cheapo pizza. It's real yes, close to you is. being dead because that's why it's tombstone yeah, pizza. Uh-huh. So like, we're... even though even though he went to a place where he got a band aid in his food and he <laughs> returns because it's cheap now, Chinese. Listen, you. Hit back with that because you're hurt. Okay, yeah, hurt people deflect. hurt. Don't deflect. Don't deflect. So I like cheap pizza so much. Okay. So I accept <laughs> it and be okay with it. But like, do you not like to buy like five dollars or ten dollars? See, if it's or... o- I think if it's over like four dollars, mm-hmm. that's too much for a frozen pizza because no frozen pizza is actually going to be like good. Yeah. So like, if I might as well just get like one of the cheaper mm, I ones. I disagree. I've because had some pretty good frozen. Yeah, pizza. but they're don't all hurt the back, same. Hudson. Just listen. <laughs> yeah, just listen. listen it's my turn. What, okay. It's my turn. You have no frozen pizza. You have the talking, the sharing stick. Here, you have the talking pizza. You know we're having pizza for dinner today. Oh, we what? are. Yeah, pizza for what dinner. What kind of pizza oh, do, we do we have? A... Uh, I think it. I asked. It's for... not Tombstone. No, I asked for <laughs> Jets, but I'm not sure. Might be something else. I'm not sure. That might be too rich for our taste, but guys, we can't afford that. I'm not ready for something like that. My stomach, it's going to be so overwhelmed with these new flavors. I love Detroit style pizza, but anytime I see that, you're just like, it's so expensive. Yeah, Jets will kill you. Jets won't kill you with how bad it tastes. It'll just kill you with. It will make you eat, take you out of house and home. Yeah, yeah. Jets, Jets put, puts me to sleep with the the deep. Oh my gosh, mm. it's so good though. Uh, we talked about that. We also talked a little bit about uh, the line of the bathroom, some new porta potties as mm-hmm. well. You'll hear some worst of riot in with this podcast. Yeah, yeah some throwback. Uh, so, yeah, so you'll hear some yes. throwback stuff um, at the end of this that yes. you might have missed when it was when it was fresh and new. Mm-hmm. That and uh, Nikki not ever having mowed the grass. Still apparently, nope, yeah, that haven't. was months ago. She still doesn't. She. Uh, <laughs> You know, you and I, Isaiah, I see us as. Wait like, a minute, the, Isaiah, have you mowed? Yes, I've mowed the okay. grass. I just made sure grass. before you guys go adult. throw me under the mower. Where you and I are the hoi polloi, and Nikki yep. is up there in her ivory tower. I'm a I'm a city girl, like you like to say. Yes, you're I'm a city a, slicker. I'm a city gal. Okay. <laughs> I have a number to fix everything, she is and lucky I can't she do even it on my own. Has a lawn. Well, Nikki, if you need someone to mow your grass, Hudson would be more than I happy. Know, <laughs> I know he's so not close. me. Hudson would be more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy the podcast. It is a little bit shorter, like we mentioned, but uh, we'll make up for it. We promise when we get back We've to our made normal up for it with podcast. With a really long intro. Yeah. <laughs> if we keep, let's just talk for twenty just, more yeah, minutes. We just talk for a long time right now until the. Jets Pizza gets here. That yeah. will be good. Well, thank you guys for considering supporting our podcast. We really do appreciate and love every single one of you. Check out RadioU.com to donate if you can help out today. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. The Riot Podcast. Radio U. Good morning, Isaiah. Good morning. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna sing. Actually, I just can't. I want to find the well, memories. Oh, beautiful. Under the moonlight. Wait. I was really hoping we'd skip the singing. I, no. I thought he was like, I need to figure out my tune real quick. I was like, yeah. well, we can skip that all together if we want. <laughs> Not with Hudson. No. He's he was an understudy uh-huh. uh, for the Cats Broadway. Yeah, no. almost made it. Still almost. holding out. If I didn't break my ankle. I would have been. It seems like they could have used you at this point. Yeah, you're right. I, Actually, they, the movie, you're like, oh, the Cats movie, it, it would have made it better. Yeah. Anybody could have get in on that. Yeah, but then people would have had to see my butthole, so. <laughs> oh, it's true.
for the movie. That was a part of the problem. Does everybody remember the Cats movie that came yes. out? That yeah. was so bad that no one saw, but just everybody made fun was of. Was that? What? When was it? Like the end of 2019? I think so. It was around Christmas, It came right? around to ruin Christmas. And yes. then And then suddenly the pandemic sprung up. It was like, and the theater shut down. Maybe it was in response. Maybe this and that is was all the, to end this. That was this. the only thing that could make the Cats movie seem okay, was that the pandemic came no, in. Like, no, oh, no, we got to get rid bad. of this thing. Still bad. Nothing can make the Cats movie feel okay. And that's not just us saying that. It's also, uh, I don't know if you know Andrew Lloyd Webber. He is the writer, uh, the playwright. The composer. The composer. He made, he wrote, he turned, he turned the T.S. Eliot poem into what is the Broadway play, the Broadway show that is Cats. So when he saw the movie, how do you think he felt about it? Disgusted. I thought he'd, I thought he'd be a part of it, but I guess yeah. maybe not. Yeah, right? that's what I thought too. It would make sense for them to like, I don't know, refer back to him, ask him some questions and whatnot. It seemed like they him. Yeah, it seemed like they just avoided him at all costs almost. Well, they. I mean, I don't know. It feels like they couldn't have possibly not asked him anything, but, uh, but when he saw the movie... He was. He said it was off the scale, all wrong. There really wasn't any understanding of why the music ticked at all. I saw it and I just thought, oh, oh no! It was the first time my seventy year, seventy old years, seventy odd years on this planet that I went out and bought a dog. In response, he bought a dog. He in response said he to his needed cats. a emotional support dog. Yeah. So he bought a dog in uh, as a result of seeing the Cats movie, and this is the guy who made Cats the musical. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to say, Andrew, you're not the only one. But you haven't uh, seen it. No, I haven't seen. Haven't seen it. Hated it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> haven't seen it. Don't need to eat it. Yes, yes that's exactly. Right. If you can know that you won't like the movie before you've even seen it, you Why can just know. I, well, Tiffany just texted and said, "Good morning, Cats was the." Worst movie I've ever seen. But I, 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 okay, I, I know I hate it, but I also know I would hate the musical, so I don't want to. The musical's not as bad. I'm Why sure would you hate? Why, nothing how do you is know as, as it? bad. It's not what do you as mean? bad. I hate all musicals. Uh, what? Unless they're ironic musical, musicals. You're such a musical man. Yeah, yeah like a musical artist. I know, and so none of them are up to my standards. Ah, yeah, that makes you know sense. what I hate about musicals <laughs> is that people don't just break into song. And that's what bothers me about it. Do they don't break into song or do they do break into in song? In real life, uh, it's not a natural thing to confess your feelings in a song out of the blue spontaneously. And that's what every musical does. So I hate it because it's not realistic. <laughs> it's not oh, realistic. What? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, the movie about. Cats, I guess, is not yeah, that realistic, <laughs> I guess. If you, neither is the musical. So, I mean, I, I don't want to watch it. I yeah, just don't want to see it. That's my problem with don't, it. No one see it if you have it. Uh, Tiffany, remember, she said it's the worst. So we're going to go by her. It may, and we're not going to watch that. It may make you get a dog even if you've never had a dog your whole life. <laughs> you don't want a dog. Just out of response. Well, the worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Very quick poll, Hudson. How many donuts have you had? Just one. Just, just one? The one. I had two. Isaiah, how many have you had? One and a half. Oh, oh get, a get half. on it. Get the other half. I know, right? I, I had a half because it was like the glazed one. So I was like, I don't want to eat the only glazed one. So I just ate half of it. So somebody uh, else could have it. You were it was being, a generous action. Yeah, of that mine. was very nice of you. You should have just taken another half of another type of donut. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what's to come. You know, it's still early. <laughs> I want someone at two just like me. <laughs> so he's like, someone else just eat another donut, okay? Please, please. I, I feel that uh, with food, with in a com- like a communal setting, uh, with a lot of things where you're out and about, you never want to be the top of the list, like the most 
Uh, you don't want to be the worst dressed person. Sure. You could be the second worst dressed person. Oh, yeah. You don't want to eat the most donuts. You could eat the second most donuts. Well, I need so. someone else to come in and take my spot. So <laughs> work on that, please, if you don't mind. Well, uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with donuts, but you know that uh, Halloween is coming up, right? It is. And I'm excited. Are you putting out your jack-o'-lanterns? Did you get your pumpkin yet? I haven't got my pumpkin yet, and I don't actually usually carve them. That's yeah. a lot of work. Uh-huh. Uh, so I usually just set it out on the porch, and that's it. Yeah. What about what you do that too? Just so, get a regular so pumpkin. So yesterday and don't do I went anything? to the, I went to the store and with my roommate and I was like, should we get a pumpkin? Like we walked by it. It was only like three dollars. There's a pumpkin shortage. I know there's a pumpkin uh-huh. shortage, but there's there was plenty there. We're, we're not experiencing the shortage <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, we didn't get one yesterday. I want. I, I think we'll probably just do like the mini ones and we'll probably do the same thing. We're not going to carve and we might. I would say if we're going to do anything, it would be possibly paint them. But probably not carved. It's just such a mess. It's a mess. You just take a Sharpie and you're just like, here, put a little face on it. Exactly. Well, why don't you just get a piece of paper then? Come on. Okay, great idea. Are you carving pumpkins? I just don't Uh, want to clean up the mess. No, I don't don't want to do the pumpkin thing at all, actually. Okay, well, then that's great. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. Carving is too much work. And I have here a reason why you're not supposed to do it. And that is because... It will bring rats to town. It oh, does? boo-hoo. Yeah. Boo-hoo. The, what do you mean? You want rats in your house? This, I think this is complete crap. Yeah, I think this is so silly. This is in Massachusetts. I so, don't think we live in a... The rats are scared where we la, we live in anyways. It's too populated. No. What? No, that's where rats love because that's where there's the most food. City rats? Yeah. That's what they're going to cut. And you know why we don't have enough rats? Because people are smart and they're not putting out their jack-o'-lanterns. It's that. a tradition. What do we you start mean? Putting out jack-o'-lanterns. They're like, keep your, keep your pumpkin inside. What's the fun in that? Now, no, don't get a pumpkin. Get They say do an artificial pumpkin, an artificial jack-o'-lantern. Why don't we just get rid of everything good then? All well, what you can do is just don't carve out your pumpkin. Because uh-huh. what happens is if you're carving your pumpkin, the rats will try to get in and they'll eat that. So they actually love this time of year. Yeah, they'll that's right. Because eat your pumpkins and... And you come out and you're wondering what happened. It was a rat. And the way the rodentologist describes it is he says, if once one rat finds out about your pumpkin, he uh, tells the whole neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, all the rats know that this is the house with the pumpkins. And so we're going to swarm it. And so that's why you want to put out. Look, Isaiah, I've, we talked about this before. You are totally on board with artificial trees. Yes. Why would you not be on board with artificial It's different. It's like a whole experience. Like when I was a little kid, it was really a exciting. experience. No, it was really exciting to get to carve the pumpkin. You put it out. It's a whole ordeal. Who wants to be like the mom or dad? It's like, actually, we can't display your beautiful artwork today because um, <laughs> we don't want to get rats around the house. Oh like, I God. guarantee, I guarantee if any listener puts out a pumpkin, if, and if you see a rat near it, you should text in <laughs> and tell me I'm wrong. But I guarantee. You will not see a rat this Halloween. Well, I, I guarantee don't want to take it. my chances. That's a, that's a bold promise right guarantee there. Guarantee it. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. All right, Nikki, how do you feel about this? Do you do, you do frozen pizza very often? Uh, there's a couple from Costco that I'll do. Yeah. But um, it's it's not as often. No, not really. Well, that's it. I do that's frozen. That's not a not really. <laughs> 
So not often. <laughs> not often. I do frozen pizza fairly frequently, especially now with our fast food ban that we're going through. <laughs> Frozen pizza doesn't count. Listen, frozen pizza, that's a staple. Uh-huh. That's like a, you do that once a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's about where I'm at with it. So I was interested to see that DiGiorno, you know, DiGiorno, they're always coming out with new crazy ideas. They're innovating in the frozen pizza space. Are they? And their new idea <laughs> is mac and cheese frozen pizza. Oh, it's, uh- is it Stouffer's? Stouffer's uh, mac and oh, cheese? Oh, yeah. Look at that. It is Stouffer's. That's a collab. Yeah, that's right. It's so bad. DiGiorno X Stouffer's. <laughs> and so you can get that. Now, you are can. Are you going to get that in the capsule collection? Or what sort of collab <laughs> are we doing here? Yeah, I don't I don't know all the fashion stuff, how that all works. But uh, hopefully it's not, uh, not doesn't run up the prices like that kind of collab would. Sure. It's, o- it's only going to be, uh, well, it's not going to be coming until spring of next year however however they are running a sweepstakes where they're giving away a hundred of them right now but you don't get it until next year like you maybe uh, get a coupon or i don't i think they're just I, maybe they have an early run they must have made test test frozen uh mac and cheese pizzas right mm-hmm. if not you'll have to wait I, we don't know how you actually yeah, get them if you win you do there is a sweepstakes nevertheless now what you can do is grab a DiGiorno pizza and uh-huh. Stouffer's mac and cheese you can and just easily do it at pop home. it on top and then yeah. there you go <laughs> you know what I had recently I with speaking of DiGiorno and their crazy pizza creations I had their croissant crust pizza yeah that was surprising it wasn't like it was a bad pizza but it just, you would think the croissant crust would totally change things. It really wasn't all that different from any other pizza I've ever had. It tasted the same. It was pretty much the same. I bet you, I mean, to be sure, if you go to a real pizza place, uh, sorry, DiGiorno, you go to a real pizza place and get a, a croissant pizza, I bet you it would change a lot. But a frozen version, not as much. Well, we were talking off air uh, when we were looking at the uh, mac and cheese stuff. Uh-huh. We were saying, oh, yeah, there was used to be some other places that would do mac and cheese pizza around us. Yeah. I could totally get into a mac and cheese pizza. But I am shocked how many pizza places have gone out of business. <laughs> yeah. Or they're on the no list because you've gotten violently uh, ill from there. Especially <laughs> ones that uh, had. Yeah. The mac and cheese pizza, it seems to maybe be a correlation in some I, way. I'm not going to say yes to that, but yeah. I, I do remember getting some mac and cheese pizzas. I never got sick off of no, one, but I, oh, I miss that. It feels like a, it feels it feels like a little too much for me. Is it too rich? Yeah, yeah. Taste it's just, wise, it's you know, <laughs> it's 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 flying too close to the sun. <laughs> it's mac and you, cheese. What you? Yeah, but it's a pizza. Yes, it's a pizza and mac and cheese, two of the easiest things They're not to be enjoyed together. (laughs) There's a reason it's making people sick. Can you imagine if they top it with like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? (laughs) It's like literally everything. And chicken nuggets, too. Come on, let's let's take it easy. Let's have one meal at a time, can we? (laughs) That's literally every meal that we have throughout the whole week put on one pizza. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to pass on maybe this one. Okay, I see. But it is interesting, though. But they're giving away the, uh, the chance to enter to win early otherwise it's not till next year yep so don't get don't get too excited you're Which, gonna have to hold this one in the back of your mind for a while i feel like hudson did not get excited <laughs> at all <laughs> no, this is the worst of the riot podcast mcdonald's testing out a new feature they're calling it a feature mm-hmm. i tend to think it's less of a feature and more of an annoyance that they're going to be rolling out in a few drive throughs in the chicago area with the hope 
that it will roll out across the country, and it is artificial intelligence drive-through ordering. So basically, you would go, and it would not be a person actually taking your order. Yep. It'd be all automated. Which nowadays, at some restaurants, they're like, "Hey, thanks for coming to McDonald's." Such such such, and you you then start your order, and then it's a completely different person. Yep. Uh-huh. Like they have they an have the pre-roll. The pre-roll <laughs> they do, but this would be where the uh, the AI would be taking your order. Yeah, because we all know how well that's been working with uh, like phone operators. You know, like you call the bank or something, <laughs> and it's like, let me pull up your information, and it's always like all automated, all and wrong. you never, yep, it's never right. <laughs> Uh, th- I mean, it's it's good when they just can identify you by your phone number, yeah, I guess, to save is. you one thing. But the actual interactions with those robots are not particularly enjoyable. And I like what's so wrong about just ordering from a person at McDonald's? Is it old? Is it like are we well, fuddy duddies for saying that? There's several things. Okay, uh-huh. one is as people are demanding certain places pay so much sure. more. Yeah, some of that is is outpaying what the position they're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So that does lead towards automation of what they can remove people from. Yeah, sure. Uh, the second is you can get mistakes. I'm looking at you, McDonald's. <laughs> Last time I went in, you you missed two of my items. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you just weren't, you were training. But okay? is that the is that the order taker? <laughs> oh, it was. Or it oh, was, definitely. Absolutely well, then you didn't fault. get charged, so it's okay. I did, I think. I, because well, then he, they took the order. He, no, it was all wrong, and he didn't even give me my receipts so i felt like I so you don't know <laughs> but, but the, if it's a robot you don't even have anybody to complain to i'll be fine i don't mind automated things you don't mind the robot so it'd be 10 locations in chicago and potentially roll out nationwide they say some of the issues though with this technology of it you know taking your order mm-hmm. is there's so many promos that mcdonald's is doing yeah and some of that can be regional so just right. making sure they can handle everybody in different places yeah. doing different things. it feels like you need a programmer for each mcdonald's to make sure their thing is running right. Yeah, same thing for the menu. They might have different menu items. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem is dialect. Oh, so yeah. In certain parts of the country, you might have one dialect. Like you might yep. have, hey, in the South, hey, you could I like be. like a biscuit and a sausage so sausage and a... How can and uh, it would that be able to pick you? it up? Yeah. yeah. So it might not get it. And also weather. So say you're going through an automated uh, thing at the ordering thing. Mm-hmm. It's storming. It's really loud out. There's a lot of rain. Yep. That audio problems could cause issues with your order, too. I'm hearing a lot of issues, a <laughs> lot of uh, potential cons for this, and not a lot of pros. Can you give me a list of pros? Um, You don't have to talk to someone, which is why I don't answer the phone. <laughs> I have anxiety about that. Yeah, Uh, haven't you moved on? I like. I used to be the same way as you. I didn't like ordering at restaurants. There's just certain things I still don't like calling people on the phone. I know I don't. But I've moved on from. No, I don't. Years ago, I moved on from ordering at restaurants. I. I, It's fine. No, it's not. I have to be prepared. I have to know the order. Well, yeah. I sometimes will practice it so you're ready to go because you don't want to get it wrong. I want footage of that. So that's why I just go park in the parking spot and I just order it from the app yeah that's that's fine but that works we can all do that we don't need the here's another thing (laughs) think about this nikki when i order at wendy's i can never get their website to work to order online yeah what if the artificial intelligence ordering goes down at the restaurant then what do you do uh (laughs) then i just i go to the other place (laughs) if a person if a person (laughs) like if your drive-through order taker just like 
I don't know, falls ill or something and they have to leave, you could just get another person to do it. But if you're always doing the artificial intelligence robot, you don't have a backup artificial intelligence. Well, McDonald's said that they're also just having trouble finding people to even take the orders in the first place. Yeah, so that, that is true. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the worst Chocolate for breakfast. Every day, if we it, could. It's not just a cereal idea. <laughs> it could be healthy for you. Well, actually, the uh, protein drink of choice currently for in the studio is this uh, chocolate peanut butter yeah, one from Yeah, Premier Protein. Mm. I guess I am having chocolate for breakfast. Yeah, does unless that count? That's, unless that's not like real chocolate chocolate. Well, in this study, they gave 100 mil or no, 100 milligrams feels like a lot. Or not very much. 100 grams of chocolate they gave to Let's get the scale out. What does that look like? (laughs) Yes. When you're measuring things in grams, it's usually not good. Uh, 100 grams of milk chocolate they gave to the test subjects. Yeah. And what they found was it helped them burn fat and uh, reduce blood glucose levels, which are both things that could be good, especially Mm -hmm. the burning fat. So... It was a very limited sample of people that they were doing this for. Well, that's why they were saying that, you know, it could have unexpected benefits if you have milk chocolate or like chocolate in the morning. Mm -hmm. But they say that because this was such a limited sample of people to not run with this. Yeah. And just don't get too excited. And only have chocolate for breakfast, but maybe and this isn't like Nutella like that yeah. is a hazelnut spread uh-huh. and that is not I think the same health benefits nope. as just this if it was straight up milk a chocolate. Little piece of chocolate. Yep, just a Hershey's bar, but uh they they gave it to them both an hour after they woke up yeah. and an hour before bedtime. So I'm in on that, chocolate in the morning, chocolate in the evening. <laughs> Anytime. Chocolate at supper time. They say Come it's on. the equivalent of two standard size Mars bars, which would not be the chocolate of choice. <laughs> uh, and then researchers, though, they use standard milk chocolate containing a little over 18 grams of cocoa. Okay. Uh, I, I like to go back a second to where you said, don't run with this study. And <laughs> I want to be the one person that hears this <laughs> and then it becomes your thing. It's like, know. you know, the key to being healthy, I have chocolate every morning. Well, people always I say heard that a study about once. like dark chocolate and like yeah. uh, the cacao, like nib yep. stuff uh-huh. in your smoothie. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the first time we haven't been told that some type of chocolate yeah, is okay. Well, chocolate is a plant. That's not right? what I'm eating. No. And that's also not how much I'm eating. The Twix bars and <laughs> The Hershey's and cookies and cream bars is, aren't is necessarily yeah. what. Uh, and and again, with all kind, every study that's like this, where it will focus on the one good thing about it, but it never never points out that you may reduce your blood glucose levels, but it also might do other harmful things for you that they don't bring up as much because that's not that, what the study was looking for. Yeah, they said eating chocolate in the morning though can help influence you later. It's like if you don't eat something for breakfast, for some people that's not good because you're just super hungry then that's a few hours later. Do, but if apparently. you uh, if you have a little chocolate in the morning, you feel like you've already had a treat or you've had something enough mm-hmm. to where that can influence better eating choices later in the day so let's start every day with a treat is what i'm hearing <laughs> i also think we're not supposed to treat ourselves we've heard that one many so times what, we're before. supposed to punish ourselves and live in suffering and misery uh maybe that will be the idea that's the ideal for your health for your health. you want to suffer suffer your entire life can't we be right in the middle 
of being moderately healthy and moderately happy. Unhappy yeah. and, and happy right in the middle. Yeah, and eating eating enough of what we want. That's called treating. At- Store at room temperature. Now that they can do. The Riot Radio U. Nikki, I found some valuable information for you. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, since you've been watching the lawn mowing channels on YouTube, <laughs> I just thought you might, if your love of watching lawn mowing blossoms into a love of mowing, then you I... might want to know the best times for you to mow oh! so that your lawn can look its best. Uh-uh, it's a trick. It's never. <laughs> Don't do it. No, I... you should mow, Nikki. We all want you to mow. I'm not, I'm not, um, like, I just, okay, I'll say this, but don't get mad at me and be like, how could she have never? I've never mowed before. Yeah, we're mad at you. I, why? Why can't I not? Because it's a I rite of passage. Things. It's a rite of passage. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not. I will say growing up, I lived in different houses where mowing like one had a really big hill uh-huh. and if I mowed it I might have died yep. uh, so it's like it just never really worked out when I was growing for up to me for me being the person to go mow I just want you to know that the rest of us <laughs> no when we hear you saying you've never mowed we see you as some city slicker with with moisturized hands Sorry. that is never <laughs> Never broken a sweat and doesn't know what it's like (laughs) to to work nine to five and and eat your lunch out of a pail. You know, we... I have That's been what in we more see. This is what we hear. Areas. But it, then I started a few weeks ago watching these YouTube channels where it's these couple of guys who go to like uh, houses where maybe they're too old and their grass has grown too tall uh-huh. or they have like fines imposed against them from the city and like this is their last notice. <laughs> and then they come in and watching them mow like it's way more than I thought uh, mowing yeah. was going to be. Mowing is hard work. And it looks very... <laughs> At least in this case, it looks very uncomfortable, long, because he always speeds it up. Yep. So, like, how long is it supposed to take to mow these yards? <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't take too long, but if it is the overgrown yards, it's, it's going to take, take some, well, some real was, hard labor. When should I mow? If you were going, when you mow your lawn, <laughs> uh, you're going to want to mow between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. That is the Aww, optimal I, time to mow. Aw, it's too bad I'm working. Well, you have the weekends. Oh, I work. And you're up early anyways at your body clock so just <laughs> no, no, go out I, there 8 a.m i'm always working hudson I i'm just sure can't. <laughs> your neighbors will love to hear oh, yes. at 8 a.m you cranking up the the mower mower for I a can, nice long mow i could always post on the community facebook page of this article and be like guys it says 8 a.m yeah it's okay <laughs> you can uh combat the next door uh, the the uh hurled insults you get from with everybody. this infographic that it says Mid-morning, between 8 and 10 a.m. is the optimal time to mow because the dew uh, should have mostly subsided by then where it's evaporated off because you don't want to cut wet grass. Sure. Uh, But it's also not too hot, which would stress you and your mower and your grass. So you don't want to cut after 10 a.m. during the summer because it would get too hot. I did actually. I think I knew this because you're also not supposed to really water outside of those times. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to water very early. Yep. And they say light afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. could also be the other time if you can't do it early in the morning. I think your neighbors will appreciate if you maybe go more of the 4 to 6 p.m. route. (laughs) And then they say... I love how, like, then they point out the worst times to mow before 6 a.m. Yeah. 
They don't even mention because it might bother everybody else in your neighborhood. I don't think you're supposed to. No, you're well, you're not for a lot of reasons, including not just because it's bothersome, but also because the grass can be wet because of dew and the wet grass will clog up your mower. You won't get an even cut and uh, then your mower might leave tracks as well. So just a lot of reasons to and it might even be dark. How are you going to mow in the dark? I know some mowers have headlights. Those are misleading. You don't need those. Those are just for show. <laughs> Maybe we should all just comfortable, like, with the grass growing a little taller than what's, like, socially acceptable uh-huh. for our, our yards. <laughs> and then that way you don't have to mow as much, you know, for everybody who does mow. Yeah. But if you don't mow, well, no you sound. You know what? Them. You're sounding like somebody who never goes out and enjoys their yard and doesn't oh, care about putting out, having a nice, even, lush No, actually, I coating. love I love it, but I do have really, this is true, I have really bad allergies. Okay. And the second I go outside, I get welts and rashes. Okay. So I actually don't think I should mow. It's medical. Okay, it's medical. I, I don't think I should. Yep. City slicker. <laughs> delicate. Yeah. I guess I can't. Just, you just stay inside and put on your moisturizer and the rest of us will, will go out and mow our yards. It's an antihistamine cream. Okay? <laughs> I just can't mow. Well, now the rest of us real lawnmowers know. <laughs> you mow between 8 and 10 or 4 and 6. That's the only appropriate time. I've got to get home and mow. Diamonds might be most girls' best friend. But for Nikki, it's DoorDash. <laughs> the Riot on Radio, Radio U. U. It's time to move on to from sports to one of others <laughs> of Nikki's favorite topics. Urinals. Uh, porta potties. Urinals for women specifically. This is an odd story and it took a lot of um looking at some of the pictures to kinda I still don't even know if I really understand no, it. No, I don't know how you would use this. But it's basically just talking about um two ex University of Bristol students. They have a big like bar culture in that area. Uh-huh. And so they have a lot of um, you know, public restrooms and right. stuff like and outside fest- festivals. that you can use. And yeah, I guess I think the idea is if you've ever gone to a music festival or something like that, the porta pot lines do get enormous. Well, but that's they were partly also, because there's a lot of people there. But they were saying it's it's the why are the women's lines so long right. compared to the men's? And they said, is it a design issue? Uh-huh. Uh, but I still don't know. I don't know. Is it the design that you're taking? Like, are you just confused when you walk into a porta pot? I'm confused. And it by takes this. you six seconds instead of one second to figure out. This I, looks like um, a bunch of the uh, the walls are put up by like gym mats. They look yeah, like gym mats, and then it, you walk in like a, a fun zone center. <laughs> and then it looks, it, it looks like a, like a maze almost. It does, and, it, and it's called like a, a pedestal sort of toilet. Okay. Um, and they say that it's semi private. You can't see anything. From the waist down, but wait, you could see wait. your like your no funnels are involved, and it's I don't know, I don't know. It's so it's such a weird porta potty thing. What I don't are, know what is going on in porta pots that I don't know about well, with the they, funnels. They in this article, does that like, mean like the funnel to ec- and uh, pull the stuff out? When they yes, clean it, I think so. That must like be it, what it is. It's just a smaller footprint sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just keep reading it, and they're like, "Well, why? Why are women taking so long in porta potties?" I don't want to. No one wants to. You no. go in and you get out. You don't touch anything. And <laughs> can I point out? I don't think it's just porta pots. Like women's bathrooms. If you go to a stadium yeah. and it's just like 
their bathrooms are the same and the women's line will be longer, even though there's like if you're at a sports thing, there's more men, but the women have a longer line. They say they were asked to solve a real life problem (laughs) and they knew straight away what they wanted to do. And that was uh, how to work around um, making it be not such a long line for the bathrooms. Wouldn't you love to be in that in that meeting, like the the, the meeting of the group? minds there, where they, they were like, <laughs> I guess maybe this was a assignment at college or whatever, and they're they're partners, and they go, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, porta pots, porta pots. That's it. <laughs> it's a pedestal one. Yeah, but but the thing that got me the most out of all of it is that it's semi private. Is that yeah. what is holding you up? Is no. that people can see you from the can't see you from the waist down? Well, or? maybe it is the shame that everybody can see. Like, how long have you been <laughs> in the, the in the bathroom? Right. The, if people can see your face, you're really going to speed it up a little well, bit. I'm not <laughs> instead using, of just being able to see your shoes. Again, these are just like their class project thing, or not? They're not students anymore, right. but um, that's but, what they're trying to do. But. I, I don't know if I could. I don't even know how to. No, There's I don't know if this is going to take off. I really think in the United States, maybe Britain is more free and more I, like maybe there's just something about it. But th- we want privacy with our porta pots. I think that's a, one of the top rules. I, there's a like porta pots. There's a lot that goes do down in there that you don't want. It's a porta potty. Porta pot. <laughs> It's a what? it's a body. What if I just call it a porta john? That oh yeah, that's also that too. works. It's called no, and it's called holding. <laughs> you just heard the worst of the worst. We'd give you the best of the best, but we'd have to find that. As soon as we do, you'll be the first to know. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. When I'm driving in my Lincoln, the pressure begins to instantly evaporate. Experience the power of sanctuary at Lincoln.com. That's L-I-N-C-O-L-N.com. Bringing a new dimension to gameplay. Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from Huge Play is CEO and co-founder Kevin Mallory. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking the time. All right. So, uh, Fred, thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. It's uh, it's great to meet you. And uh, please meet uh, GameBud uh, Talking Tom. Well, that's the hey, big news. Hi! Hi! Hey! What do you want to do? I, I want to do stuff like play and game and count my hair and make a puzzle from cheese bits and whew, I got a trick here. Well, that's that's Talking Tom, the GameBud, bringing AI and animatronics to gaming. So tell us... Tell us about this whole creation. Well, uh, first off, uh, two seconds uh, on Huge Play, because that has everything to do with creating uh, this remarkable, uh, very advanced uh, little piece of living game gear. Um, Huge Play was all founded around the notion of, uh, you know, I'm a fan, uh, read comic books, love certain movies, play games like a crazy person. My whole family does all the other founders are the same. And, and we said, 
we really wanted to get together and form up a company that was really just us and the fans, nobody else in the whole chain. So what that, that has allowed us to do is frankly, um, invest very heavily in setting the bar much, much higher in terms of the performance of the product and what it does. And the, our first uh, uh, product, which is a game bud, uh, is focused on the notion of taking a character that you love from your favorite games and bringing him out, but having him connect wirelessly to all of your gaming while you're doing your gaming. And he knows everything that's happening in the game real time. And he's quite literally commenting on it and uh, getting excited, getting upset when you fall off the edge or whatever happens in the game, but also giving you live hints, telling you how far along you are, how many coins you've collected. Basically, he is in a, uh, a talking animatronic streamer live on your game, your game while you play. Well, step us through what the what the owner or user experience is going to be like with this. So uh, basically, uh, of course, when he arrives, you, you open the box and uh, uh, when you take him out, you start him up. Uh, and because there's an extraordinary uh, chipset in his head that holds an unbelievable amount of content, it barely ever feels like you're hearing the same thing twice. He actually starts the process of stepping you through setup. Um, so rather than just having to sit there and read a manual, he tells you what it is that you need to do. And you download a pairing app. Uh, there's a couple of clicks and you are then paired to the app, which is what then pairs to the game. Uh, then you, you open the game. Uh, and of course, because he's talking Tom uh, from the very, very successful franchise, uh, Talking Tom and Friends, I think at this point, they're up to billions of downloads. Uh, the, um, since it's Talking Tom, you open up the Talking Tom game, it connects with him and literally you start playing. Um, and then I'll also tell you about the other two modes. So there's fully connected to the game and all of that content that occurs and the AI uh, rapidly real, real time uh, makes adjustments to, your, to what he's saying. And he also says rude oh, things. And I'm going to press this and make him say something else. Game time. Let's go. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so there's also two other modes that he has when the game is shut off. And those, those modes are, are what? Uh, when the game is shut off, there's one mode we call free play. Uh, and he has voice recognition. So now... I can talk to him when he, he'll ask me questions, I'll answer them. We drive around the conversation, the AI constructs it out of all the content that's in his head. He stays in character. Sometimes he's talking about the game you've just had. Other times he's talking about weird facts about the weather. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very large amount of content that happens in free play. Uh, and then the third mode uh, which we're finding is incredibly fun, is, uh, uh, is command mode. And in the app that you use to actually connect him, there's a whole series of content in there that when you choose it and pick a particular one, there are acting sequences and words and things that he says associated with those buttons. So now you control him and drive him to create your own content and video that content post it online, use it to harass your friends, 
you know, really crack up dinner, whatever you want to do with it. There's literally thousands of acting things that he can do based on what you choose. Sounds like great wow. fun. What? You made me use my favorite symmetrical word. <laughs> What's the age range that this is intended for? Uh, the product is uh, really intended for all family. So uh, it's not a kid's product. It is a gaming product. Uh, so it's really a, from, from a, the younger edge of the scale, it's like that 7 to 14 range. Uh, but it's also intended for 14 and up. So there's uh, nothing in here that isn't fully appropriate for virtually any age of person in the family. Terrific. Now tell us about uh, availability and, and pricing. I'll start with pricing. It is one of the, th the reasons why we're doing direct to fan is uh, by kind of chasing everybody else from the room. Um, there aren't all these other concerns in there. One, telling you what to do, or two, pulling lots of profit out of the product. So we take that savings and we literally put it right here. So everything that we do, if it was sold through the standard way of selling it, would be twice as expensive. So he actually retails for $99 for all of that functionality. Seller performance, my friend. <laughs> There's your review right there. There it is. There and, it is. and the availability, tell us about that. We know so many uh, companies, uh, toys and everything else under the sun are having a, a lot of difficulties. You're, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, the world is facing an absolute snarled mess in terms of shipping. Um, and what it means at the end of the day is it's getting very dicey whether or not uh, there's going to be much on the shelves to buy for Christmas, let alone whether or not you'll have it under the tree by Christmas. So um, because we own our own shelf space, because it's direct to fan, um, we've decided to, to really lean in uh, and, and ship air freight directly from the manufacturer, directly to the consumer. So um, puts us in a much better position to have these uh, more insured to be under the tree at Christmas time, especially since we go live with pre-sale uh, on October 7th. So in so the seventh is interview. The seventh is the availability. We're okay to talk about this now though, or did you want us to hold Absolutely. It? Okay. So on the seventh, people can get in in pre-order, and uh, this is the first of a of a series of characters that you have planned. Absolutely, um, one you know we're in a really um, an absolutely wonderful partnership with our friends at Outfit Seven with uh, Talking Tom and Friends. So uh, as this moves forward, there's probably going to be more you're going to see uh, from Talking Tom and Friends. But in addition is uh, we have a 2.0 that's already in development. This is a GameBud, and we're in the development of GameBud Pro. And GameBud Pro is actually going to be 100% PC. And, uh, you know, some of the, the largest of the PC games that are out there is we're going to pull those characters out. And there's, uh, you know, incredible, uh, you know, game hints, talking about your game, giving you the lore that's occurring in the game live, uh, helping do walkthroughs, talking about your control scheme. There's a whole bunch of things that the GameBud Pro then is going to be able to do as a 2.0. Wow. Well, tell us how this whole thing came about a little bit more and the team that you've put together there. You've got a, a great veteran team, don't you? 
We do, we do, and thank you for asking. Uh, yes, I feel very lucky, lucky uh, because I was able to get together with several other remarkable uh, execs out of the world of toys. And uh, these guys, uh, like myself, they're, they're all big time fans. Um, we've all wanted to do something like this for quite a while. Um, and, and frankly, every single person that has come together to do this has uh, created, developed, and run literally billion dollar brands in the world of play. So, uh, but this is, a, this is a whole new thing uh, for all of us, which is literally clean sheeting this and saying, you know, look, we know how to do this really well, but if, if we're doing it strictly and only for the, the consumer, there's even crazy things like most consumers don't realize for a mass market product, you have to put almost all the features on the front of the toy because that's what you see in the package. And you have to really only focus on features that you're going to see in a commercial because that's where you spend your money. And we're able to throw all those old rules out the door and say 100% it's about putting our efforts and, and really delivering on the play, the depth of play. So the team has very much uh, been put together and aligned around the idea of from fans for fans. Terrific. What a, what a great concept. And uh, do you have any uh, thoughts about when, when you open this to pre-orders, when will your customers get these in hand? So the, the product will actually start shipping out to customers in early uh, November. So those who, who step in and step up for the pre-order uh, you know, are likely to get these by, um, by mid-November, perhaps even a little bit sooner. So, and, yeah! and I love his enthusiasm. <laughs> so uh, I, I did want to mention that um, uh, the other thing that we're doing is for those, those fans who do say, oh my goodness, I'm in. And, and they're part of that pre-order for the first uh, 10,000 of, of uh, the product, the Game Bud Talking Tom. Um, we are doing something because we're fans. <laughs> We're making the first 10,000 rare and collectible. And one, they come with uh, a, a really terrific certificate, numbered certificate of authenticity. And this won't be done after the first 10,000. Only the first 10,000 will have that. But also the first 10,000 uh, in the game Hero Dash, which just connects to, um, we're also supplying you know, a fantastic uh, little mask that actually makes him look like the superhero that he is in the game itself. <laughs> and that's only for the first 10,000. Terrific, great reason to jump on board early. Where's the best place for people to go? Well, it's literally to our, our site. It's the only place that's available is gonna be on gamebud.com. And uh, especially if you're a fan, you're gonna see it all over the places where uh, the fans get together, um, but also um, those people who haven't really met Talking Tom yet or aren't playing the Talking Tom games are, are going to see him all over social media um, because, frankly, uh, you know, he's, he's really such a breakthrough uh, in living game gear that uh, we think he's going to get a lot of attention. I'm sure of that. Once again, uh, it's GameBud. Dot com. Congratulations on the innovation and the fun there. Kevin Maurer, thank you for taking the time with us. And thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. This has been a great pleasure.
cooking with the power of the song. Hi, I'm Fred Fishkin here to tell you about the latest innovation from my friend Patrick Sherwin and his great team at GoSun Stove. The GoSun Fusion has arrived using the company's tried and true reflectors and a solar vacuum tube to get you cooking without the mess of charcoal, heavy propane tanks, or smoke. A really bright idea. And with an optional solar panel and battery storage and the ability to plug in at home or on the road, you really can use the GoSun Fusion to cook anytime and anywhere, day or night, rain or shine. I love what Patrick and his team are doing, and so will you. Want to learn more? Head to GoSun.co to check out all of the company's products and innovations, and use the code TEXTANATION to save 10%. That's GoSun.co. For smarter money decisions, LendingTree can help. With the LendingTree app, you can track your finances, compare loan rates, and find ways to cut monthly bills. Download the free LendingTree app and start keeping more of your money. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. When I'm driving in my Lincoln, the tension gets... Headphones paired. Tuned out. Experience the power of sanctuary at Lincoln.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. For smarter money decisions, LendingTree can help. With the LendingTree app, you can track your finances, compare loan rates, and find ways to cut monthly bills. Download the free LendingTree app and start keeping more of your money. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the field of dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Bet TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL size totals and player props. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is Thursday afternoon. We're just hours away from Thursday Night Football, the official start of Week 5. So in this episode, we're breaking down tonight's game. I'm going to highlight my favorite player prop for Thursday Night Football, and then we will run through the rest of the picks. Uh, that was a very professional professional tease. Uh, the rest of the picks that right now I'm thinking about for the Super Contest entry. But first... I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free, that's right, I said free trip to Las Vegas for the week 13 game between the Raiders and the Washington football team. It's free to sign up, no purchase necessary. 
there are a lot of prizes you can win, but the grand prize is $5,000 in value. And it comes with, again, free airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, and much more. Click on the link in the show description for more de- for more details and to sign up. All right, producer Tom, Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of pasta, supposed titan of Tom, uh, damn it, it would have been great oh. if I had screw that up. Supposed titan of tomato sauce and long-suffering, although now triumphant Jess fan. Uh, Tom, let's get started Thursday night football. Matt, my intro just gets longer and longer. By the end of the season, it's going to be half the show. I know. All it's right. g- it's going to be like uh, me or like someone introducing Khaleesi, where they just yes. have like a list of honorifics. That's what it's going to be like. I'll take it. I'll take it. I can't say I don't enjoy it. All right. I can't say I'm not going to enjoy this Thursday night game either. Actually, I'm not going to. I'm busy and won't be watching it. But we got Seahawks. We got Rams. It's going to be a fun game. The line opened at Rams minus one and has since moved to two and a half. Everybody betting on the Rams. Total open at 53. That's been bet up to 54 and a half. I see where people are going on that one. What are you looking at in the spread, though? Because you're fading the public here. Yeah, I wish I hadn't been a donkey and bet on this immediately on Sunday night, thinking that there was a decent chance that the line would move. Uh, I thought it would move towards me. I thought it would go towards the Seahawks after they won in week four and after the Rams lost. And more importantly, I thought there there wasn't much chance that even if the line moved against me, that it would move all the way to plus three. So I was wrong about the line moving towards the Seahawks, but so far, at least correct on the idea that the line isn't getting to plus three. Normally, I don't like to bet on a line if it moves against me uh, instead of thinking, oh, look, here's a line that I uh, I like at a better number. Normally, I think, OK, well, I was probably wrong in the the market knows more than I do. You know, obviously, I'm a humble guy. Uh, but the difference between plus one and plus two and a half, it, it's pretty negligible. So uh, I feel compelled to bet on the Seahawks in this spot under head coach Pete Carroll. The Seahawks are 54-39-3 against the spread at home. Uh, The Seahawks truly do have a home field advantage that few other teams possess. Uh, And I absolutely love the idea of betting on quarterback Russell Wilson as an underdog. I mean, just Russell Wilson should almost never be an underdog in any game. In the regular season, as an underdog, Wilson is 28-14-2 against the spread, 19-16 straight up. Uh, with 13.1 units of profit for the people who are on the money line. And so, yeah, I also have a little bit of the Seahawks money line here. As a home underdog, Wilson, uh, he's just in his best spot possible. Six and two against the spread is covered by an average of 6.63 points. Again, as a home underdog, I can't imagine not betting on the Seahawks in this spot. As much respect as I have for Rams head coach Sean McVay, He seems to be an early-in-the-season edge exploiter. For his career, he is 8-2 and against the spread in weeks 1 and 2. But after that, he's just mediocre. 29-27-2 against the spread. And maybe that split, at least how I have sort of rationalized it, the split has to do with McVay being really meticulous in his planning and just having an edge on everyone else when he's had a lot of time to plan and think about how the beginning of the season is going to unfold. Plus, there's historically been a lot of continuity on the Rams team. So that's my my thinking behind the fact that McVay is great early in the season, just average against the spread for the rest of the season. You know, starting in week three, like 
the McVay magic is basically non-existent. So in this game, we have two overrated defenses. The Rams are number 32 in time and plays and number 31 in yards per drive allowed. The Seahawks, number 30 in time, plays, and yards allowed per drive. Just given that, I think I'm going to take the team with the Hall of Fame quarterback uh, who usually overperforms at home and as an underdog. So pretty simple perspective on this. Here's the thing, Matt. I, I was I was taking a little time here because I wanted to pull up the stats. I'm okay with the line moving against you here because you're fading the public. The DraftKings bet splits right now on this game. On the spread, 78% of the tickets and 78% of the money are on the Rams in this game. The public is very clearly going with the Rams here. And as we've learned, especially from Sunday Night Football last week, the public is often very wrong. When you go to the money line, it changes a little bit, but 70% of the tickets and 68% of the money are still on the Rams. This is very clearly a Rams game, which makes me like the Seahawks a little more. I like fading the public in this spot. On the total, 58% of the tickets and 59% of the money are to the over 54. Where are you going on the total? I'm staying away. We got two high-scoring offenses, two defenses that I think are overrated. That pushes me towards the over, but it's a divisional game with a really high total and two teams that really dislike each other and are playing on short rest. It's not hard to imagine how this game goes to the under. So I don't think there's any real edge here either way. So I'm just passing. All right. And before we move on to the other games, give me one prop bet for tonight. I think you're looking at a pretty nice one. Yeah, I'm looking at Caesars, Tyler Lockett, under 69 and a half yards receiving, minus 110 odds. Last year, Lockett went over 69 and a half yards receiving just four of 17 games. That includes the postseason the year before that, seven of 18 games the year before that, six of 17 games. Lockett, he has smashed the over in two games. Uh, but Lockett, like as we see, he's really volatile. And his historical baseline production trends are against him in this spot. This is a classic mean versus median play where 50% of the time he might have, I don't know, like 60 yards. And then the average is like 75 because when he goes off, he really goes off. And I think people would tend to look a little more at the mean and a little less at the median, but the median here is what matters. And then on top of that, Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey, as much as people think of him at this point as a, an outside dominator, which he has been throughout his career this year, the Rams are obstinately putting him in the slot for the majority of his snaps. So I don't think he's going to shadow DK Metcalf in this game unless they just kind of change what they've done to this point in the year. But I kind of don't see why they would do that. I think they would have already done that previously by having him shadow DeAndre Hopkins, shadow other receivers. I think he's still going to play most of his snaps in the slot, which means that Lockett could run more routes in Ramsey's coverage than people are expecting. So you put all that together, and I think it's pretty easy to go under 69 and a half yards receiving for Lockett. Uh, I think this is a, a pretty nice under prop here. Well, as a DK Metcalf fantasy owner, I certainly hope that your analysis on this is correct because I would very much appreciate that. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some of the other games on the contest for the week because we, of course, it is Thursday. Super contest lines are out, and that means that we have to pick our five games. Your first game, 
is going to be Seattle versus the Rams. So we've already got that one covered. Next up on the board, Green Bay minus three at Cincinnati. We talked about this one earlier, but I am on this play right here with you. Three points doesn't feel like enough for me. Yeah, I think it's worth hitting again for the people who didn't uh, check out yesterday's show. Uh, I bet this on Sunday night at minus three and a half. So I'm not thrilled that the market has moved against me, but this line feels as if it's recency bias to the extreme. If I told you a month ago, before the season started, that Packers and Bengals would both be three and one entering week five, you would probably think, okay, I understand how the Packers got there. They're a good team. The Bengals probably got lucky to get to three to one. And then if I told you that the Packers would be favored by only three points, and this is the important part, and Aaron Rodgers is healthy, Devontae Adams is healthy. Aaron Jones is healthy. Their offense is basically intact. You would have to think, okay, this is a massive overreaction because the Bengals are three and one. Like just go back in time a month and have that perspective in your head. Now I have to admit, I talked about this on yesterday's show. Aaron Rodgers has historically been dominant in a couple of situations at home and in division. He's on the wrong side in this spot of his situational splits. So that's not great. Rodgers, it's like he's a creature of comfort. He likes playing within the familiar confines of Lambeau Field. He likes playing against the known defenses of the NFC North. As a non-divisional visitor, he, I mean, he's been mediocre. 36-34-1 and one against the spread for his career. Setting that aside, I like what the Packers have done over the past three weeks. Forget about week one. That was a burn-the-tape type of performance on the road on the road again on the road against the saints since then the packers are three and zero against the spread they beat the lions by 18 when they were favored by 11 and a half they beat the 40s the, the 49ers on the road outright as underdogs then they beat the steelers by 10 points probably could have beaten them by more when they were favored by six and a half in those three games they outperformed the spread by an average of 5.2 points now the packers it seems like they're going to be without number one cornerback Jair Alexander, who has a shoulder uh, shoulder injury and AC joint issue. That is like a real concern. Uh, he is very much an asset to that defense. But the Bengals aren't throwing the ball all that much this year anyway. They're relying very heavily on the running game. And there's a good chance they will be without running back Joe Mixon, who's the true engine of the Bengals offense, and also center Trey Hopkins and guard Xavier Sua uh, Xavier Suafilo, who has a knee injury, and then on top of that, cornerback Chidobe Awuzier. This is this is a situation where even with the injury to Jair Alexander, there are more injuries, and I'd say just as significant injuries on the other side for the Bengals and their pass defense. It looks good on paper. They're number five with 6.1 adjusted yards per attempt, but I don't think that number is representative of who they really are. In week one, Kirk Cousins on the road passed for 351 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he looked pretty good going against them. And then in weeks two through four, they played Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Ben Roethlisberger, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they are not prepared for someone like Rodgers. They haven't faced someone like him yet this year. I think he's going to be able to pass pretty much at will against this defense. 
uh, and will be able to put up enough points to put this game out of reach. The total hangs at 46. Any thought on that? No, no strong opinion there. I do lean slightly to the over, but again, I think that's because the Packers are going to put up points. I think this might be one I bet. It feels a little low to me, but we're going to move on to Miami at Tampa Bay. Miami's laying 10 points, and you're going to take the Dolphins in this one. Yeah, I, I have to. I am compelled to take this. I bet it Sunday night at 10.5. I liked it much more at 10.5 than 10, but I still like it quite a bit at 10. The Bucs are 1-3 against the spread. Clearly, they entered the season with an inflated market, probably because they're the Super Bowl champions, and they're dealing with all sorts of injuries that make them, I think, extremely vulnerable. Uh, on defense, they might be without edge rusher Jason Pierre-Paul. And then in the secondary, missing all three starting cornerbacks, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, and then strong safety Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, I mean, decimated decimated in the secondary dolphins backup quarterback jacoby Brissett. he looked really bad last week uh but the drop off from Brissett or from tua togavaloa to Brissett, i don't think it's all that extreme of a drop off and Brissett, as a veteran might still be good enough to exploit a really injured defense that has allowed a league high 1310 yards passing and then on offense the Bucks are probably going to be without pass-catching security blankets, tight end Rob Gronkowski and running back Giovanni Bernard. And then on the defensive side of the ball for the Dolphins, they have two strong perimeter cornerbacks in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. So if on the outside they are able to limit Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, and if Brady doesn't have Gronk and Giovanni Bernard to rely on in the short passing game, then his options are pretty limited. He still would have Chris Godwin in the slot, but I mean, he's at that point got basically just one guy to depend on. And that means he could struggle again this week, just like he did last week. And then on top of that kind of macro picture, the Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, he's a former longtime Patriots assistant who worked his way up the ranks on Bill Belichick's defensive staff. He's with the Patriots since 2004. Like he knows the organization. He knows Brady. And over the past half decade, Brady's had some of his worst performances against Patriots defensive coaches turned head coaches. In fact, the last time that Flores faced Brady was in a must win week 17 game for the Patriots. This was in 2019. This was Brady's last regular season game for the Patriots, the Dolphins were 17 and a half point underdogs and they won 27 to 24. I mean, it's different circumstances now, but Flores knows how to how to get at Brady. Um, in that game, Brady was just 16 of 29 passing for 221 yards, two touchdowns to one interception. And uh, just even stepping outside of the Flores versus Brady dynamic, Flores on his own is 22 and 14 against the spread for his career. And if we remove his 0 and 4 against the spread first month on the job in 2019, I don't think that's representative because he was just intentionally destroying the roster for the Dolphins in order to rebuild it. If we take out that month, he's 22 and 10 against the spread as an underdog. 18 against the 18 and 10 against the spread, 18 and 6 against the spread without that first month. As good as the Bucks are, 
And as bad as the Dolphins looked last week in twenty and in their twenty-seven to seventeen loss to the Colts, ten points is a lot of points to be laying when your secondary is injured, when opponents can pass at you pretty much as much as they want, and when you're facing a coach who tends to cover and who knows your quarterback pretty well. And by the way, a coach who tends to cover is an underdog. The Bucs should win this game. I mean, I think they should win this game just like they won last week. But I think the cover is definitely in question. All right. And where are you leaning on the total? Anything that you're looking at quite there? I'm trying to look up the exact number right now. It's sitting at 48 right now. Yeah, I'm looking over uh, with head coach Bruce Arians. The over is 26 and 14. And that's what happens when you have a high scoring offense in an overrated defense. And right now the Bucs definitely have a defense that is overrated relative to its health status. Again, no Jason Pierre-Paul, or let me rephrase this. They are likely to be without a number of these players. Jason Pierre-Paul, three starting cornerbacks, and a starting safety. I mean, that should enable the Dolphins at least to cover their portion of the total, which I think sends this game to the over. And also a quick addendum, the Packers line's 51, not 46. That was my bad. I was looking at the wrong number there. All right. Carolina minus three and a half versus Philadelphia. And you're looking, you're riding with my boy, Sam Darnold here. Yeah. Uh, I Yes. Yes. You're your boy. You're long departed boy. Uh, I, yes. The Panthers. I'm going with quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, he's had three 300 yard passing games in each of the past three weeks. And in the words of uh, high stakes dominator Nelson Sousa, who does great work at FTN, uh, quote, Darnold has somehow morphed into Cam Newton with all these rushing touchdowns. Now, obviously, the rushing touchdowns are going to regress, but in a big picture sense, Darnold is playing extremely well. Uh, the best football of his career, 67.8% completion rate, 7.9 adjusted yards per attempt. The, um, the Panthers rank 13 and 14 in yards and plays per drive. I mean, they have a good enough offense. And then on defense, they've been terrific. Uh, even with their 36 to 28 loss to the Cowboys last week, the Panthers are number two on defense in plays and yards per drive allowed. Uh, obviously, without J.C. Horn, the defense takes a step back, but the addition of C.J. Henderson at cornerback might help to minimize the impact of Horn's absence. The Eagles, they're intriguing overall, but they're not as strong on offense as the Panthers are on defense, and they're not as strong on defense as the Panthers are on offense. And it's not as simple as what I'm about to say, but it kind of is. The Panthers are three and one against the spread. The Eagles are one and three against the spread. The Panthers just lost to the Cowboys in Dallas by eight points. Whereas the Eagles just the week before that lost to the Cowboys in Dallas by 20 points, 41 to 21. Even if you give the Panthers no home field advantage, I still think they would be more than three and a half points better than the Eagles. So this line just feels really off to me. Always dangerous to apply the transitive property to football, but the logic is sound. I like where you're going there. Any thought on the total? It's settling around 45 right now. Yeah, I bet this on Sunday night at 47 and a half. I would probably stay away at the current consensus. Um, the Panthers are three and one to the under this year. Both teams have top 10 defenses and yards per play allowed. So 
the under feels like the side, but I'm not betting it now because I already bet it. Next game up on the list, San Francisco at Arizona. San Francisco laying up San Francisco getting five and a half in this spot here. Cardinals are the only four and O team left in the league. Are you rolling with them? Uh, no, no, I am uh, doing the donkey thing and I am betting against uh, what's maybe one of the best teams in football. Uh, and by the way, I did it in a really stupid fashion. I bet on them Sunday night when this line was three and a half and now it's five and a half. So clearly don't listen to anything that I am saying. Uh, but I bet it on Sunday night at three and a half thinking there still might be a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo would play. This was before news broke that uh, he definitely would be out for multiple weeks. Uh, even so. I have added to the position at five and a half. I think in this general setup, uh, a divisional game, two teams that know each other really well, plus three is uh, probably the right number. Anything more than that, and I'm just probably going to be inclined to take the dog, especially because the 49ers weren't using Jimmy Garoppolo all that well anyway. It's not as if they were treating him as if he was an asset, as if he was someone who could help drive offensive production. They were really operating around him within that offense. Now, kind of big picture sense, looking at historical trends, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan and Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, they both have really distinguished historical splits that are highly suggestive of when and how to bet them. I just have to say, I love betting against Kyle Shanahan at home and as a favorite. At home, he's 10, 20, and 1 against the spread, and he has exactly the same record as a favorite. As a home favorite in particular, he's so bad, incredibly bad. 3, 13, and 1 against the spread as a home favorite. That's the kind of stuff that would get any other head coach massively terminated uh, it, like that's worse than Jason Garrett in his heyday of incompetence with the Cowboys I cannot describe how bad 313 and one is against the spread when you are a home favorite but Shanahan on the road Shanahan is an underdog Shanahan as a road underdog that's different that's where he overperforms 20 and 14 against the spread on the road, 23 and 16 against the spread as an underdog. And he's been at his best as a road dog, 15 and nine against the spread. We see a similar thing with Cliff Kingsbury at home. He's seven and 10 against the spread as a favorite five and eight against the spread as a home favorite. He's been his absolute worst two and six against the spread on the road as an underdog, as a road dog, very different situation for Kingsbury. That's part of the reason I was on the Cardinals last week. On the road, he's 12-5-2 against the spread. As an underdog, 14-7-2 against the spread. As a road dog, he's been a money machine, 9-3-2 against the spread. This is a perfect situation that we have set up, which means it's probably going to explode in our faces. But Shanahan as a road dog, Kingsbury as a home favorite, perfect alignment of historical strength on historical weakness bang a gong absolutely love this bet Uh, i think in terms of what happens on the field this game comes down to rookie quarterback trey lance he has rushing ability that few other quarterbacks possess 
I don't want to put too much emphasis on this, but I do think he has the potential to have some Lamar Jackson-like ability to improvise out of the pocket and to make game-changing plays, especially near the end of the game. Game-changing plays that turn into cover-clinching plays, plays that defenses can't plan against, plays that defenses can't stop. And with a week to game plan around Lance, I think Shanahan should be able to put him in advantageous situations, should be able to scheme open easy completions the way that he has done throughout his 49ers tenure for all of the other quarterbacks. The 49ers are injured in their secondary. They're without number one cornerback, Jason Verrett, without slot corner, Kawan Williams. Um, But the 49ers are still number 10 in the league with 5.3 yards allowed per play. They know Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. They know him as well as any other team knows him. I don't think they stop him, but I think that they, in combination with Cliff Kingsbury's play calling conservatism, especially when he's at home, I think they might slow Murray down just enough for Lance to get the 49ers the cover. So I'm going 49ers plus five and a half. You know, you said that that was the donkey play really isn't. Um, the public is overwhelmingly on the Cardinals in this game at the DraftKings split. 79% of the tickets and money are on the Cardinals on the money line. And it goes even further up to 90%. I, I like the fade the public Matt Friedman that we're getting this week right now. Not going to lie. Uh, five and a half seems like too much to me in a divisional game. Yeah, I'll just be honest. I am so contrarian that I don't even care what the public is or isn't doing on any given week. That's that's the sign of a true contrarian. Sure. That's that's <laughs> what we'll get. That Sure, Matt. You tell yourself that. All right. The total sits at 49 and a half. Um, any angling here? I don't have a strong opinion, but... Uh, we have two good offenses, and uh, I think especially the the 49ers offense is likely to be underrated. Given like the thesis that I just laid out for betting on the 49ers, I think that offense is likely to be undervalued because of the uncertainty with Lance, and I think that could drive the game to the over, but I'm not betting it. All right, Matt. Well, there you have it. Those are your five Super Contest picks, including a rare Thursday night Super Contest play. Where can people find all the great content you're putting out each and every day? You can find all of my written content at FTN Network on Friday. I publish the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday. Uh, I publish the best bets article. Just published that earlier today. On Tuesday, I publish the fantasy football rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then all week in the FTN bets tracker, I am putting in my NFL sides, totals, and player props. All of the bets that I am making throughout the week use the promo code friedman for 20 percent off at ftn and real quick if anybody wanted to find perhaps a uh, mailbag that you might be doing or a fantasy football based show where should they go i don't know tom where should they go well they should go right on over to ftn fantasy because we've got the friedman fantasy football show that they can also check out dropping at 8 p.m pacific time every night so it's ready for you bright and early in the morning wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Tom, thank you for that invaluable addition to the end of the show. All right, use the promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. That is the show. Please subscribe to the best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. 
Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. For smarter money decisions, LendingTree can help. With the LendingTree app, you can track your finances, compare loan rates, and find ways to cut monthly bills. Download the free LendingTree app and start keeping more of your money. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. When I'm driving in my Lincoln, the stress seems to disappear into thin air, kind of like a French fry on the beach. Come on, really? I was eating that. Experience the power of sanctuary. Test drive a vehicle designed with your well-being in mind at Lincoln.com. And just in case you didn't get that, it's L-I-N-C-O-L-N dot com. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.